Welcome to Archery Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals and reviews of the latest gear and equipment and much more. If you're talking about taking your art skills to the next level, a coach can definitely help you with that. I've been teaching archery for over 25 years. I'm offering a free 50-minute consultation call. Everybody that would like one, please fill out the form. I'll leave a link in the description so we can get to know you a little better and see if I can help you in your archery skills. Hey, today we're going to talk to a, an archer that uh, has a real passion for being outdoors. Uh, hi, my name is Roy Canterbury. I'm going to be hosted today on Archer Talk 101. And on the show with us today, we have Tommy. Or Tommy, no, we just talked, Tommy this morning. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, uh, so so Mike, now that I got the name right. <laughs> All right. Uh, introduce yourself with the correct name. My name's Mike Johnson. I'm from Bristol, Tennessee. I'm just a good old country boy. It likes shooting archery, like uh, getting people started in archery. Uh, I've shot everything from when I started. When I was, I've been shooting for 40 years since I was 12 years old. I'm 52 today. And uh, my actually a good friend of mine in school, Kevin Woods, and his dad James asked me to go to a 3D tournament. Well, actually in 1984 it was a a 2D pretty much targets and paper targets on hay bales, what we started shooting at. And it's evolved from that to the 3D targets we shoot today. And uh, when I went to that, it was just like, man, I love this. And I've not quit it ever since. I mean, I've been shooting since I was 12, like I said, last 40 years. And I started out shooting a compound with no sights because my dad said back then, he said, sights are too high. You're just going to have to shoot the bow and the arrows and do your best. So I done that for several years till I got me a job and I could buy some sights. But I tried the sights. I tried the releases. I've tried scopes, but I'm into traditional archery now. Um, I'm shooting a Hoyt Satori and uh, I really like the traditional side better because it's just a lot more of a challenge. You know, you don't rely on everything. You pretty much just you, the bow and the arrow. And, and I just went wild over that in the last three or four years and went through several bows and just uh, can't get enough of it. Uh, it just amazes me how you can just take a bow and an arrow and hit the target without any sights or any help. It's just, it amazes me the guys that can really do it good. And that's why I like it. It's just so much of a challenge. Oh yeah, it is. There's there's a lady I watch once in a while on TikTok that uh, she'll shoot uh, through CDs, the hole in the CD or cassette player. Uh, she throws stuff up and hits them, and no sights. It's just the recurve, and that's it. Uh, I mean, she I watch, practices though, all the time. The Vegas shoot was this past weekend. I watch it. The Lancaster was before it. I watch all the ASAs on YouTube every every week when they start, but. Uh, it amazes me, the, the barebow people. I mean, I, I get a bigger kick out of watching that. I mean, I know it's hard to hit a target. You know, you got a scope at 50 yards. But to see them guys with no sights or anything, that's really the amazing thing to me. Yeah, it's it's amazing. So when when you're shooting, do you just use instinctive shooting where you just kind of look at the target or you use your arrow? Or? I've done both, and uh, I just pretty much look at the target and I pretty much gap it. I use the end of the arrow and I'm trying that now, but I'll go back and you know, I've got several DVDs and a, I've got a real good group of traditional guys that live here close to me. Just to name a few of them, Jack Rudy, Alan Altizer, y'all probably heard of him. He just lives 15 minutes down the road from me. He's 
one of the best instinctive shooters I've seen. Uh, Jack Rudy, like I said, Dennis Smith, Bobby Park, Stacy Graybill, Tony Scott. Uh, just to mention Jack Rudy for a minute, this guy is one of the most phenomenal shooters I've ever seen. He's 80 years old, and usually every week he just can't be beat. I mean, he's just – and he just shoots a, a self-bow and wood arrows. I mean, it's just phenomenal to watch this guy shoot, you know. But uh, that's what really inspired me is, man, watch these guys shoot so good, you know, and on a 300-point course, they're shooting 270, 280, 290 with a wood wooden arrows and a, and a bow. They've, a lot of them has made themselves, which that just, that just amazes me more in the latest technology. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially when you get, you know, the compound shooters sometimes aren't even doing that good. Right. Well, the practice thing, you know, with them stick bows like this, you've got to practice. Hand-eye coordination's got to be there. Uh, you know, with the compound, you get it set up, get everything right, and you know your yardage. Like, you've got a lot of classes that can use a range finder, which you still got to make the shot, don't get me wrong. But right. you go out there and take an arrow, and you can put it in that kill zone of that animal. It just, it's amazing. I mean, I think everybody should give it a try and just see how hard it is, but to watch somebody really do it good is amazing. I mean, it may, they make it look so easy, but it's really not. Yeah, I know there's there's a lot of really good traditional archers out there, and um, that's what I started. You know, when I started back in the 60s, there right. was no such thing as a compound bow. That didn't no. exist until the 70s. Right. And, and I remember the first time I shot a compound bow, it was actually my brother's. He bought a, a bare white tail, too. And, oh, and, and I shot it, and... And I shot it for quite a while and I finally got my own. But yeah, I, I've been pretty much ex exclusively, um, you know, compound, but I have a, a recurve that I shoot once in a while. Um, we have a, a Bill Iverson says, what's up, brother? <laughs> in, in, in the chat. I'll, hey, Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it's always, always fun to, you know, get people in to make comments in there. And, and oh, yeah. And, you know, it just, you know, we're all archers, you know, basically, if you're an archer, we're a friend. Oh, yeah, that's, that's you me. Know. I, I'm on Facebook. Anybody knows me knows I'm on Facebook a lot. And I've actually started some pages, just a few of them. Appalachian Archery Addicts is one. Tennessee Trad Mafia is one. And Stick and String Cowboys is one. And we just video a lot, uh, our tournaments and stuff like that. And then I'll come home and put it on these sites just for other people to try to get people that's not really know what's going on with archery, get them involved. That's what I like to do. Either, you know, a young person or even an older person, you know, it's never went. Once they go and see how fun it is, it's like, man, I want to go with you, you know, next week and just get them started, which I like that. It makes me feel good to get other people interested in what I like, you know. Yeah, you know, uh, learning archery and becoming an archery instructor in, in 95, then having my own store, you know, about 20 years ago, uh, I, I started, uh, you know, I had a store, I bought a sporting goods store. And here in, uh, in Omaha, you know, I'm in Nebraska. And right. it's amazing how many people that get out there for the first time. And then after I closed my store, I worked at Cabela's and, and Bass Pro. Well, uh, in, well, it was Bass Pro first and Cabela's, then they merged. But, right, uh, right. you know, in archery, and it's amazing. Take somebody that's never shot before. Yeah, even adults, you know, kids just you yeah. get this all the time. But adults never shot before and work with them. And all of a sudden they shoot and that first, first shot goes off. Because whenever I saw the bow, I also taught them how to shoot. I didn't say, well, here's the bow, go away. You know, it's like, you're going to have an hour's worth of instruction with the bow. You know, at that time, it's like, you know, that's $100 with 
add on to the value of the bow that you would pay for. Because I wanted you to know how to shoot. I wanted you to enjoy it. And it's amazing how many times somebody would shoot and that first shot would go off and it's like, oh, this is fun. I want to do it again. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a lot of people don't go these three days. They what are you talking about 3D? They don't even know they're is these how long has these tournaments been going on? I said, Well, I've been doing them since the 80s and they was going on before that. You know, now hits blew up, hits bigger than it's ever been in years now. There's more shoots, more clubs, more going on, more to watch, more YouTube videos and I watch a lot of YouTube and uh, it's just amazing to watch these guys and how much they want to help you, you know, be better at what you do. Well, I know in 95, when I become an NFA archery instructor, I put my instructor patch on the side of my 3D rig, you know, for my quivers. And right. I just put the patch on there, figured, okay, they see the patch, know I'm an instructor. If they have a question, they come ask me, you know, I, I never went to them and said, hey, I, I, you're doing that wrong. Right, right. Yeah. Well, wrong from the way I do it. Yeah. And it's it's just a lot of fun, you know, teaching and exactly. And like you know, like like you said, and I said, I've been doing it for 40 years, but now I learn something all the time every day, you know, that I didn't know, especially this traditional archer where I hadn't been into it very long. I'm I'm learning things from these guys. I mean, they can tell you something in 10 minutes. It would have took you six, eight months, or maybe in a year to figure out yourself. That's what's so good about it. They, these trad people, anywhere you go, any place I've been, it's always, let me, if you got a question, let me know, or, or here's some arrows, try these. I mean, they're just so helpful, which makes you feel good because, you know, anybody new to anything, they've always got questions. I know I do. And it's just real good to send people to help you out, you know, and just be so nice to you. Yeah, and I know, you know, being archery as long as I have and then having an archery store when I close the store, of course, I have a lot of stuff left over because I sold the fishing part of it off. And so right. I have all the supplies and I got boxes full of archery stuff. So, you know, somebody's like, hey, you know, they, they're starting out. They can't afford this stuff. It's like, right. And not, not the best rest, but, you know, I it's brand new. Never been yeah. used. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was I like a PSE dealer, so a lot of my stuff's PSE, but. Right. I had a lot of PSEs when I shot compound. I had, I bet you 10 or 15 of them. I mean, I was, they love to see me come in the archery shop because of something new come out. They say, Hey, come back here and look at this bow. Won't you shoot it? And I said, no, I don't want to shoot it. I'll buy it. I about two or three days later, I got to pick it up. You know, I've done that forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, I used to tell people that when they come into the, the store and it's like, you know, they're, they're looking at it and it's like, you want to shoot it? Uh, well, if you shoot it, you're going to buy it. You're going to want to buy it. I've been there. Yeah. And, and sure enough, it's like, oh man, this is nice. You know, yep. every year, you know, every year they come out with new ones. And nice thing with the way PSE did is they had their main line and right. then the pro line. So if you're you know, actually a pro shop owner, you could get those bows. Right. And nice thing about the way they did it is the main line changed every other year. Well, the years in between the pro series changed. So you had two years to sell the same bow as brand new because they didn't change anything on it. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, so you at least had, you know, two years before you had something new come out. Exactly. Yeah, they've really, technology's just put it in high gear for the last several years. I mean, it's amazing. The speeds on these compounds and, you know, the releases they've come out with now and, and the targets look surreal. and it's just a good time to be an archer right now, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and and some of the bows that you know pretty fast. I know in two thousand one when I become a PSE dealer, uh, the bow I have was a two thousand one Carrera, and it's yep. rated to three hundred twenty feet per second. That was smoking back in. I remember that bow. Oh yeah, yeah. I still have. That's my hunting bow. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, I saw cool. that's what I hunt with. And then a couple years later, they come out with um, uh, Scorpion. I had one of those. And did you have the single cam or the two cam one? Uh, I think I had the single cam. Okay, you got the same one. I I still have that one. Yeah. They had that one year, and then they, the next year they come with two cam, then they dropped it for yep. some reason. I don't know. <laughs> I had if you look on the data sheets, they only show the two cam one. Right. I had a, uh, when they come out with that AR, I had one of those, you know, archery. Right. They was not, they was quiet. But now getting back right. to PSE, I had uh, the Stingray, the little short, it wasn't like 30 inches axle to axle. Oh. And it was awesome for a tree stand. But yeah, I got a little bigger since back then. So I hunt from this, uh, from a ground blind all the time now, turkey hunting, deer hunting, whatever, pig hunting, whatever. I'm a ground blind man. Yeah, nice thing about the ground blind is you can move around a little bit. Exactly. And and up here in Nebraska, it's nice because it's a little warmer. Oh yeah, cuts the wind. Get out of the wind. Now a yeah. lot of people ask me, said, "Are you afraid of heights?" I said, "No, I just ain't really afraid of heights. It's just I carry so much stuff plus a tree stand, and you know, if you walk a long ways, and if you end up lucky enough to kill a deer, you got all that stuff plus you got your deer to drag back out." But I said. Now, trust me, uh, you know, the falling part is always number one. Safety is always number one. But now, right. I don't tell a lot of people this, but I have fell out of my seat while I was in my ground blind, but it didn't hurt me because I didn't have it for a fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> them ground well, blinds it, are real warm when the sun hits them early in the morning. I'm telling you, you'll go to sleep every time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've i done that. I was out turkey hunting one time, and, and I was like, it's – it's nothing's moving and I don't hear any turkeys or nothing. I'm kind of dozing off. I kind of dozed off and all of a sudden there it is. Whack. Yeah. I kind of come in and attack the uh, plastic turkey decoy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I've oh. Cow, cows come in, attack them, knock them over and all kinds of stuff. But I love them blinds because I've had stuff just so close you wouldn't believe it. You know, it's just amazing how close something gets to it. Yeah, it's. I, I like the visibility out of a tree stand. You, know, I you can see all over, but exactly uh, that's one of the that's one of the things the bad things about a blind you can't have that visibility like you can with a tree stand. But what I tell a lot of people, if it's raining, they're worth every penny a ground blind is because <laughs> they ain't a hundred percent waterproof. But you'll you'll be a whole lot drier in one of them. You will in a tree stand, <laughs> right? <laughs> tree stand, you're getting all of it unless you put one of those little right. umbrellas up above you. Yeah, you know, and, and then it's up so high that it's probably not going to help you anyway. No, especially if a wind's blowing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one time I was in a tree stand, and it wasn't a real big tree, and the wind, for some reason, just blowing like crazy. And if a deer come by, I wasn't going to be able to shoot him because I had to hold on to the tree stand, make sure I didn't fall out. Yeah. It was moving. It's like moving back and forth and back and forth, yeah. and it's like, oh, man, that's... <laughs> But That's you know, a, it never happens until you get up there, sit down, get your bow up, get everything situated, and sit down. That's when the wind starts. It won't start before you go up, or you probably wouldn't go up, but it'll start right. when it quits. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when it's that windy, I've never seen a deer walk. If I did see them, they were running on a, as fast as they could. You weren't going to hit them anyway. Yep. So if that That's windy, right. yeah, you might as well just go home. <laughs> yep. Or find some place the wind's not blowing down in the valleys exactly. or something. I agree with that. <laughs> yeah that's 
uh, that interesting. Some of the stories uh, that that you you get when you're out hunting. Um, oh yeah. Now, speaking of, what's the what's the most interesting hunt you've been on? Most interesting hunt I've been on. Um, probably have to be a hog hunt I went on in 1994 over in North Carolina. It was with a bow. I mean, it was probably the biggest animal I've ever seen in the woods and the most exciting right in your face shot, um, end up shooting four times. And I was shooting a, a Mountaineer ultra cam at that time with uh 21, 14 aluminum arrows, Terminator 125 broadheads. And I thought back then, you know, it was a double cam, like a hatchet cam bow, like on a, on a high country, probably shooting 230 feet a second. But back in man, that thing, it was the it was the top of the line bow, you know, and I loved it. Shot the hog, he come by the the stand at about eighteen yards. I thought I'd missed it. Uh, got to looking, looking. I said, "Man, surely I hadn't missed that hog that close." Much as I shoot and everything, everything's going to hit. And he just went up there and just laid down right in the path. I got my binoculars. I said, "There's no way I missed." Well, I was looking on the ground, seeing my blood just dripping off of it. And I said, "Well, it's pretty easy. He's laying up our dead, you know." The guide come through there and he's on a four wheeler and he said, uh, did you see that big old hog come through here? I said, yeah, I just shot it. He got down, run up her to me. He said, get yourself and come on. Said, uh, we'll have to get on the trail before he gets the mud hole, you know, stops the holes up. And I said, well, he's laying right up there. I said, I see him laying there. He's dead. He said, no, I said, they just, uh, they just play like that till you get up on them. And then he said, they'll hurt you. He said, if he gets up, you just throw your bow down, and grab a hold of the tree, lift your legs up. He said, "He's too good." I said, "Well, I said he ain't moved in ten minutes." And he said, well, "Come on, we got about I don't know fifteen yards, I guess." He said, "Can you hit him from here?" I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure." He said, "Well, shoot him again." I said, "Okay." Well, I shot him again, and right, I mean, perfect shot, double lung right in there. And the old hog just stood up and turned and looked at me and the guy down the hill with blood running out of him. There, sticking at him. He said. That's what I was telling you. I said, what do we do now? He said, if he starts this way, just throw that bow down, get up a tree. Well, he went out here and we was after him. I shot again and hit him. He got under a brush pile and tried to, tried to hide, and I shot him again and hit him. He said, uh, shoot him again. And I said, buddy, I'm out of arrows. He said, do what? <laughs> I said, I'm out of arrows. He said, well, how many arrows did you bring? I said, four. He said, well, where's the other arrow? I said, it's down there in the ground. I shot through him the first time. He said, well, run down there and get it. So I run back down there and got <laughs> it, come back to the fire, and end up shooting him and finally killed him. He weighed 272 pounds. That, that's was a big a, hog. I, 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 yeah, yeah that, I've always heard they're a the tough animal, especially when you get out of the bow. They, and, are. And they are. I went out hog hunting once and trying to get out of the bow, and then last day we ended up getting, you know, buddy brought a rifle. Instead of setting up for a, an archery shoot, they they just assumed there's two guys going to hunt rifle. It's like, no, I want to shoot out with my bow. So I'm kind of standing in the doorway, you know, waiting for him to come by. And this is down in the southern part of Texas. And, yeah. and, you know, so the next day I was able to uh, get a couple with the rifle. But, you know, hey, <laughs> why not, right? They're, they're a lot tougher able to kill than a lot of people think. I mean... They fooled me. It could take that much, you know, punishment stuff and still just, he walked off like he never been shot. You know, he never even made no kind of noise or nothing. I mean, he just tough. 
Yeah, you probably went, you know, soft tissue going through, it went right through, it didn't hit anything hard. And, yeah. oh, right through. Yeah. He didn't, uh, he didn't make much noise, but I'm telling you what, we cut him up. I, I was a meat cutter, me and a buddy of mine in the, for several years. I boned him, I cut him up, brought him home. That's probably the best pork I've ever eaten anywhere. I've, I've eaten everywhere, but now nothing's like killing them in the wild like that. They just don't compare. Yeah, you know they're they're not you know fattened up you know from just eating grain right. and stuff. They're they're eating yep. you know a, actually probably a, a much better diet. Oh yeah, yeah. They ain't injected with anything like you get at store. You know, it's a whole lot better for you in the long run anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember one time when I was in an archery club. This guy joined the archery club because they found out it, his son had been having trouble. Didn't know what it was. Come to find out, it's the all the hormones and stuff they stick in the meat in the beef. So he was out, you know, shooting deer to have meat for his kidney. You know, exactly. You can't buy meat in a store uh, like no. that that's not injected something. And you had to find no. a farmer that is going to raise them that way. And and you know that meat's probably really expensive because that's exactly. you know they, they they can't keep their herd as healthy. No, no, there's you know, no way. And, uh, one of the other. Uh, groups i'm in is uh, what to call a backyard boat pro i'm in the southwest virginia section of it and uh, it's just a group of us we all deer hunt we bow hunt we rifle, we muzzleloader and what the main thing backyard boat pro does it hit feeds the hungry we got a processor we take the meat to they process it and they give it out to people in that area like needy families or you know, people just want meat to can't buy it. Ain't got enough money to buy. We donate all our deer we kill every year to the families in this area in Southwest Virginia, which I think that's a great thing to do. Yeah, there's there's several other programs out there that you know, hunters feeding hungry, and and you know right, you have right. you have extra. Sometimes you get more than what you can really use. And oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, especially when you can get sometimes five, ten deer in a year. You know, especially here in Nebraska. Uh, you know they're they're pretty good sized and oh yeah big ones yeah I could probably eat two or three deer in a year but you know when I first started you know one deer lasted a year and then some because I didn't know how to fix it you know and as you right. learn how to fix it then it goes on and on and on and you know there's right. one year my freezer was full and got another deer and that's why it's okay jerky time <laughs> it lasted about two weeks my, my kids want jerky so before it's ready <laughs> I've never seen nobody turn down jerky. No, never. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, 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 even if they just, you know, think it's regular beef jerky when they eat it and it's like, ah, that's good. You tell them yeah. it, was, it was deer and it's like, oh, yeah. But you, yeah. It's, <laughs> they say it's good and then when you find out what it is, me, I'm right. kind of the other way around. Yeah, you know, it's a whole lot better for me anyway. If it, if, I'll leave, you know. Yeah, there, there's no. There's no fat in in uh, deer jerky. No, not at all. If you do, it's not gonna taste good. <laughs> no. So, do you shoot a, a lot of three D tournaments then, or? Yeah, I shoot. They eat well. We've got a couple clubs. They really like to shoot. They'll, they'll shoot one if the weather's permitting. You know, right on through December, January, February, but most of the time around. My neck of the woods, which is around Tennessee or East Tennessee, must have started out around uh, last of February, first of March, and then they'll run every weekend 
until about bow season in September. I mean, there's somewhere to shoot around here every weekend, and I've got a lot of indoor leagues that shoot indoor dots and stuff like that, but I mostly just do the 3Ds uh, on the weekends and stuff, and uh, I don't shoot me indoors. I like the 3D. I just like it a lot better than I do dots, you know. Yeah, I, I prefer to shoot the 3Ds instead of the targets. I do right. a lot of, you know, target shooting because that develops your skill. You're, you're going to hit your target. And then right. I like the 3Ds because it helps you in judging your yardage. So now put the two right. together. And now then, okay, I know I can hit the spot. I know the distance. Right. So I know I can hit it. And now right. then it's all for hunting. You know, that's right. that's why I look at it. You know, I, yeah, I, there ain't no me point. personally, I'm not too, too enthused about target shoots you know just no. shooting at the spots you know they, they don't do much more of a uh, I'd, I'd rather go to a 3d tournament and, oh, and shoot those yeah. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that just love shooting those the, the red oh, spot yeah. targets and it's amazing it, like, the Lancaster shoot and they just shoot I mean thousands of people as I shooting from all over the world it was people from Spain China um, the Netherlands everywhere shooting up at uh, Lancaster it's fun to watch but you know, it's like you said, I'd rather shoot 3D. I just, I like to be outside. I like, uh, you know, scenarios set the woods like I'm going to hunt it just more realistic and I just like it better. Yeah, that's, you know, each each person's going to be a little different what they're enjoy doing. And, right. You know, right. I, I shoot, no, that's fine. You know, whatever you like to do, yeah. that's just my own opinion, you know. Well, and you kind of almost need to start off with target, you know, just. Yeah. You're just shooting targets, you know, until you learn how to shoot and, and get your form exactly. down. And, you know, right. there's a lot for, for form, you know, just on, on looking at how people are shooting. And, you know, those that want to really take it to the next level are going to take advice from somebody that's that has, you know, a little more exactly. knowledge than that. Right. So do you, you, you don't have a compound anymore then? Is that what you said? No, uh, I don't have a compound. I've got uh, actually got um, a set of limbs ordered today, and I've got a riser, and then I'm, I'm waiting on the mailman to come out. Uh, I bought another Hoyt, uh, a Fred Eichler edition Hoyt with the limbs and everything. I'm waiting on it to get here today and set it up. So I can tell everybody, you always need two bows. Something might happen to one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that, that's why I have my hunting bow and my target bow. They're both camo, and then I have another right. one. That I was able to get for a real good price, and you know it's right. a bear. That's not a PSE; it's a bear uh, in a snow camel. But I haven't got it set up because, right? I just never set it up. <laughs> right, right. Well, last year uh, I'd never shot a crossbow. You know, a lot of people shoot crossbows, and where I'm at now, anybody could go hunt with one. You don't have to have a special bit or whatever. Uh, my dad he shot a crossbow for the last thirty years. He's got a lot of shoulder and back trouble. Uh, last year, about two weeks, four deer season, he said, uh, why don't you look at something? I went up there and looked and opened this case up. And he had a, a real nice 10 point, uh, had a scope on it, a case, the, the bolts, everything. And uh, he said, Here, won't you cross us? And I hadn't really thought about it. He said, uh, Well, here, said, Early Christmas present, you just you can have it. I said, Really? Yeah. So I took it to my local bow shop down here and uh, H&S Honey and Elizabeth down here and uh, had the guys look at it and I said, I don't know anything about crossbows. What does this need? Is it good? Is it not? He said, oh yeah, that's a good set. All you need is a new string. I said, well, put a new string on it. 
So they said, well, you need uh, certain size bolts and stuff. So uh, I'm a member of Luminoc. I'm assistant manager of the field staff. So I got me some Luminoc bolts and some Luminoc knocks. And I took it last year, got it set up. I mean, it's just deadly. I, it's got, um, I set it up 25 yards dead on. And so I'm going to take a shot over that I could. But the places I hunt is kind of thick. So I set it dead with that and got it all set up. Sitting there in the ground, mine, getting about real good time of eating. Big old doe come in. It's probably what 12 yards. And I put the scope, put the crosshairs right on her, sweat the trigger. That little knock, man, it went right through her. Just like she went standing there stuck in the ground behind her. I watched her take 10 steps and she just fell over. I mean, it was the most deadliest shot probably ever put on a deer in my life. <laughs> That looks like we lost his video. <laughs> yeah, 10 points are really good bows. And nice thing about the, the crossbow is the fact that, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, what draw weight you're pulling. Kids can uh, uh, shoot them and, you know, we'll wait and see if he can get get back in. His, his, as you can probably hear, his audio was kind of breaking up. But yeah, 10, 10 points are really, really good bows. They're um, I, I've used to put a bunch of those together when I was working at uh, Bass Pro, and, and uh, uh, that was just the main one that we like putting together because they went together so well. And nice thing about them is is they're they're fairly flat. So we'll we'll see if we can get joined back in. Um, you know, kind of internet problems, one of those things that you have once in a while. And yeah, no more no more comments in in the uh, the group yet, but. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting when you have different uh, areas of the country how they hunt different. Here in Nebraska, we don't we don't hunt too many hogs because there's not really a big population of hogs around here. I think out further west there might be, but you know there's mostly just a white tail for the deer around here. And then out in the Panhandle, we have uh, the mule deer, a little bit different. We have lots of turkeys around here. I even have turkeys that are really uh, close, but in a mile from me, there's about uh, three dozen of them that hang around there and that's not land I can hunt so I gotta see they go during the day kind of track them down so I can try and get some this year let's see if he's getting yeah getting back in <laughs> wait for his audio to connect and it should be here pretty soon oh lost him again well he'll get back in so yeah it's it's been really uh, really interesting talking to archers on the podcast there we go looks like we're just about there yeah sometimes the internet is kind of slow but yeah it's been been interesting running podcast here Welcome back, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I had a little difficulty there. Had a power surge here at the house. The daggone electricity blinked a couple times and it went off. <laughs> yeah, you, your voice is starting to break up a little bit, so it didn't surprise me. And and so we just kind of, I just kind of chat a little bit while you were you were gone waiting to connect in. I knew you'd connect back in. So oh yeah, it that's if you could anyway. And right, you're back right. in. A little bit better picture. A little better sound oh, yeah. again. So. <laughs> Anyway, continue with your, your story that you were going through. Well, I 
like I said, the doe come in, I'd shot her, the luminoc went right through her, just like she wouldn't stand there. Like I said, went up her about 10 steps, fell over. That's one thing that I really like about these luminocs. I hadn't been, like I say, I'm on the staff and stuff for the last two or three years, never used them before, but I don't see why, because it was getting right at dark. Is that time, if you're going to shoot something, it's going to happen. And I can't tell you how much these luminocs have made a big difference in my hunts. Like, for instance, you don't know where you'd have missed that deer or hit it. You could see the luminoc. I could see it 50, 60 yards from where I'd have shot. You know, if you was looking 50, 60 yards down in the holler where I was at, you could see that luminoc shine. And uh, went up there and got the deer. Just uh, like recovery, I could see her from the blind. End up gutting her right there. Got her heart. I just wanted to see how close to the heart I got. It was a perfect cut right through the heart just exactly good queen clean quick kill like you always wanted and i was just right. happy to be yeah that's uh it's always nice when you can track them i know on my uh, my hunting arrows i have a, a reflective white wrap yes that i put in down right. below the feathers i i shoot feathers i still do i'm just kind of i also i never advance i never advance to uh veins and shooting traditional stuff that's really what you want to shoot because oh yeah just, you, you gotta shoot the feathers yeah yeah and you know so i put the wrap on there and there is one time i i was looking for my arrow and it's like oh at night you know use the led flashlights yeah. really shine there and it was just right. glowing it was underneath an evergreen tree i'd have never found it otherwise oh no no so no, that's shot you know out here shooting these recurves and stuff i always don't hit what i'm shooting at you know could shoot right. low could shoot high or whatever but uh like i say these luminox we've shot them at the tournaments you can walk right over even in the daylight you can look down there and not even have to get close and say you know right there it lays i mean it saves your eyes you, you know where you hit your game if you missed it or you hit it save you a lot of sleepless nights if you think you hit it you didn't hit it or whatever they're just uh the best lighted knocks I've ever used, you know, my opinion. They're the best. Yeah, that's still the ones I I've used or know know about. There's probably other ones that are out there, but if I'm gonna oh, light yeah. a knock, it's luminock. Oh yeah, all the way. Yeah. All the way. Light them up with luminock. That's what the slogan is. And it's exactly that. Light them up. I mean, it's the best knock, like I say, out there. I'll never use nothing else. Well, and sometimes, you know, the little slogans are are actually facts, you know, like Muzzy bad, bad to the bone. Exactly. Yeah. I've seen muzzies shatter bones and not care. Yeah, I used to watch. I've got a lot of DVDs. I probably got every hunting DVD on bow hunting here, somewhere in the house here somewhere. And I used to watch <laughs> all them Dan Fitzgerald videos when he shot muzzies, shooting through them fifty-five gallon drums and all that stuff. Of course, he's pulling you know a hundred pound, but still, he had a heck of a good broadhead and uh, he'd done the job. Well, I shoot 70 and I was at, when I had my store, I was shooting after I got done work, I was shooting in my broadhead target and I missed, I hit the concrete block wall right? instead of the target. <laughs> and I, I went up there, the muzzy broadhead sticking in the concrete block. I wouldn't doubt that at all. They're tough. The, the insert cracked in half right. and the shaft cracked back about an inch or two and it was laying on the ground, but the broadhead was stuck in the concrete block. Exactly. <laughs> I still use that broadhead today. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know. Yeah. Uh, on the backyard bow pro team, we use uh, Grim Reapers, and I've never had a problem with them at all. You know, um, I use the um, 
cut on contact where I shoot recurve or whatever. But now how that um, out of that crossbow, I use the cut on contacts and the expandables, but I've never had a problem out of either one. They either real good blood trail, easy to follow tracking. And I'm a type of person if if I use something and I don't have no problems, I won't switch to nothing else till I do. Once I have a problem with it, I'm done and go to something else. But the Grim Reapers, I've never had no problems at all, and I'll keep using them. Yeah, I my first broadhead when I got my my first uh, set of broadheads, I, I asked the lady at the shop, it's like, well, which broadhead should I shoot? She said muzzy. <laughs> I still shoot muzzies. Right. That's what's on my arrows now. Now oh, I switched yeah. from yeah. four blade down to three blade one hundreds, but right. you know, I, I switched from the four blade down to the three. And right. I think I was shooting one twenty fives four blades. And now I'm the hundred grain three blade. You know, right. My arrows are so light. You know, the, the PSE arrows that I shoot um, are, uh, my target ones are about 370 grains. So I'm I'm right there pushing the, the limit on, on limit, grains. Yeah. Now, my hunting arrows are a little bit heavier because when I got some of those, PSE come out, I don't know if you remember, where they come out the hunter shaft. Yep, I remember those. And there are 7,000 straightness. Okay. And I says, okay, I've got some in. I'm going to try them to see how well I can shoot with them. Right. And they're supposed to be 300 spine, but they come in at 400, which is 400. heavier shaft. Right. Now, how, how their spine is, is kind of different because PC goes 100, 200, 300, 400, it's different spine. Other ones go the opposite direction. Exactly. That's what I was fixing. I shoot a 600 spine in these recurves, but it's not like you would say. It's it, This is a light, not a heavy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's it's kind of all, all weird. It's it's you know, it is. Each one's a little bit different, so you can't really use a number. You need to look at the shaft and, and you know, the specs on it to find out which right. one you have to have. Well, they sent them in, mismarked as 300, but they're actually 400, so they were heavier. It was a little bit, little bit heavier shaft. Right. Because it's spined a little bit more, so it's going to be a little heavier shaft. So I set them all up that way, not, not thinking that, and I found out that they were, you know, overweight. It's like, why am I almost... 50 or 100 grains heavier right so so when i had to replace them with some of my regular shafts i had to put tubes in it to weigh them get them way up the same because yeah. I, I want them to weigh the same i didn't want to have to recite all my oh, tubes no, in. no. <laughs> and uh you know I, I'm, I'm looking okay on my broadheads i was able to tune them in to shoot x's with my broadheads at 20 yards well okay. with the 007 shafts i could hold it in the white ring but I couldn't hold them in the X ring, you know, so I'm out, I'm still in that, that 10 ring, but I'm just, right. that's, you know, from, from a one inch diameter to what is the, the, on a single spot that, yeah, right. you know, probably a three inch diameter. That's three the difference inch, between yeah. a one thousandth and a 7,000 straight in the shaft. Exactly. And, you know, I've, I've done it other times where, you know, uh, a buddy of mine was shooting a, a different brand of arrow, but his wasn't, you know the one thousand. His was like a three, and I give him some of my my arrows, and and he shot them. You know, same draw length, but also about the same weight. Usually a bit lighter weight, yeah. and his groups got so much tighter, and that wasn't even the arrows that was really set up for his bow. Exactly. You know, lighter arrow and and you know straighter tolerances, and and, and I've like always hunted with the the straight shafts. You know, I used to get the double X seventy eights, is what yeah. I hunted with. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, and, and a 25, was it? 
um, 25 12s. 25 12s, yeah, 25 12s. And, you know, that's what I shot. And it, it's kind of weird on, on there. I'd buy a new set of arrows for hunting season. I'd shoot them enough to get them sighted in, tuned up and everything. And then after the hunting season, then I'd take the broadheads off and I'd use those for target. Well, the groups are nice and tight. They get wider and bigger and bigger and bigger by the end of the and the season where I get my new arrows, you know, I might be able to group, you know, three or four inch group where I was able to group one inch groups before. Exactly. Uh, and that's because on aluminum arrow, how do you bend, how do you break aluminum without using any tools? Keep flexing it, keep flexing yep. it, flexing it, flexing yep. it. And next thing you know, uh, it breaks. And that's what, the, you know, the aluminum arrow, as they flex, they get weakened. Weak. That's, that's what's nice about the carbons nowadays. Is yeah. they're straight or broke? No in between. I remember when the carbons first come out, everybody said, I'll stick with my aluminums. And when more people got to shooting them and the groups got to get tighter and you got more speed and then everybody, you, you know, you can find aluminums now, but it's just like day and night. Carbons is where it's at. I mean, hardly anybody right. shoots aluminums anymore, you know. Well, and the first uh, carbons that came out, I, I, there's no way I'd hunt with them. Because if they broke, you had all these carbon fiber splinters all over. Right. <laughs> because the, the carbon fibers run from the knock to the tip back to the, in a linear right. fashion like that. And then when they started coming out with the newer ones, now they cross they they cross them, you know, one going horizontal, one going vertical. And then if you remember when PSC come out with their X weave, which I now the cross the cross weave, and yep. I've got some of those as well. Um, you know, when I closed the store, I kept all my Comp Pro oh, yeah. 300 shafts. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, these are my, I'm keeping these. I'm not getting rid of these because yeah. I don't, blame I don't you. have to buy them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but yeah, that's, it, it, archery has just come so far. And, you know, from, oh, yeah, right. from when it first started, you know, I don't know who thought of taking a string and sticking on a stick and taking another stick and, and flinging it, you know, but that's, that's archery. Yeah. It's yeah. simple, but it's advanced. I mean, you know, you look at it one way and you're thinking, man, how has this come from where it was at to now? It'd blow your mind, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's been amazing, you know, how much uh, um, Archer has developed over the years. And it's just all in the last few years, you know. Um, 50 years ago is when the first compound was developed. And look where yeah. we've gone now. Yeah, you know, and crossbows, you know, look at some of these new ones that, you know, the the, the whole thing's only maybe about three or four inches wide. Yeah, it's a, a, like those ravens. I've I've seen those. And, oh, you know, yeah. the goes with them, you know, 2,500 to 3,000 or even more, but uh, they're just amazing. I mean, I watched a guy shoot on the, on a video on YouTube shooting at 100 yards. I didn't even think you could even, but man, he was putting them in there. He, you could kill anything with that thing at 100 yards. He was grouping them, but. They're just amazing. I don't know. They they're a lot of power for a small package, right? And it's it's amazing how much they 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 can put out. Oh yes, yeah. It's it's just crazy. Hey, any any uh, any thoughts here before we uh, end the podcast? No, I'd just like to thank you for having me on. I've had a great time, and uh, it's always good to talk to somebody that likes the same things you do, and. Uh, <laughs> I just like to, you know, if anybody's watching this, if I can help in any way, uh, I'm on Facebook every day, YouTube, whatever. You can just give me a holler. If I can help you, I will. If I can't, I'll find somebody that can. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like I always say, I have an answer for everything. It might be <laughs> I don't know, 
I'll find exactly. out. Yeah. <laughs> it's an answer. Maybe not exactly. what you want, but it's an answer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I'll just have you send the links to those things and I'll put them in the description so people can contact you. Okay. You know, they'll be in the podcast description and they'll be in the uh, um, the YouTube uh, post when I put, bring it up to the, my YouTube channel. And, okay. uh, um, you know, in, in the group, they can just message you, you know, if they have okay. any more con information in there. Right. So, yeah, it's it's been great talking to you. Been real good talking to you, Roy. I really appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, my name is Roy Canterbury. I've been the host today on Archie Talk 101, talking with Mike Johnson about his uh, interesting uh, career in archery, how he started out and uh, what he's doing with it now. So stay tuned for the next one. Uh, they come out uh, every um, Monday and Friday is when we have a new one come out. So just take a look at the uh, podcast and uh, you can look on, on Spotify. You can go look at it there. Or if you want to go to my YouTube channel, I'll have a link in the description. Uh, those come out on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Uh, so you have to wait if you're going to go, go watch the video. Or the best place to do it is get in the Arch Talk 101 Facebook group because we go live when we record them in there. And that's the, the best way to get them because you can actually communicate with us like, like Bill did earlier. <laughs> Bill's a good dude, man. I like Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting. <laughs>